That's in the Bible, episode 50, The Two Natures. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, powers at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. Glad you could join us again. And actually, you can't see it, but we have a very special edition of That's in the Bible. We've got the video edition. And uh, we're hoping that we'll be able to, at least for the next one, to be able to uh, post that so you can also take a look if you choose to. And I say again, if you choose to, take a look at the video. You can actually see how we're recording this. Of course, well, I'll if be you, working. If you dare is what he's trying to say. <laughs> that is what I was trying to say. They might never tune in again after that. Yeah, we're, we'll all be wearing suits and ties and, and trying to look presentable. That's the thing about, you know, having video conferencing. that it, it, There's a whole other element that's added to it. And then you actually, actually have to uh, worry about the appearance. Whereas if it's radio, like what, what somebody once said, uh, Steve, you got, the, uh, you got the face for radio, my friend. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, my. No argument there. All right. He's humble. So uh, here we are. And uh, even though we were just actually, I'll have to admit to it, that we had started to record this a few minutes ago. And I thought we'd started to record it, but we actually hadn't. And as it turns out, it's probably for the best, <laughs> at least on my part. So anyway, uh, I, and I can see all three of us are here. I don't even have to ask and wonder who is here. I can see all three of these uh stalwart young lads ready to uh, present today's That's in the Bible. Well, anyway, Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing real good. So you got your scrubs on there? I do. You're just performing a procedure before you came to the camera? Or? Actually, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make the money. <laughs> how is the patient? <laughs> uh, they're uh, on life support right now, but... Uh, <laughs> They should be back up and with it by the time you're done. I'm sure your employer is happy to hear that, <laughs> which we won't mention. <laughs> what hospital in Syracuse do you work at? <laughs> yeah, the heart surgeons. Yeah, there you go. And then we also have joining us uh, as our newest member, but regular, Pastor Strobel. Yes, I am. I am joining you in everything that Eric just said. <laughs> On video. And then... Uh, also, we have uh, Brother Steve, but he's got his hood down, so I can just call him Pastor Steve. Yeah, amen. I'm doing? doing fine. So good I to see everybody. We up. we had uh, mentioned the the weather here a second ago. We've had usually we talk about snow and the blizzards that we have, but we've been talking about rain and thunderstorms. And nice extremely range. high winds. Yes, very high winds. I know. Yeah, I, talk- I just. Uh, <laughs> this is hard to do because we're we're looking at each other and we're waiting for the blue light to come on and sometimes we start and uh, somebody's already talking. But just to, to mention, as we did before, uh, up here close to, to where Pastor Strobel and I are, we had uh, like 83 mile an hour gust winds, which I know it doesn't compare to the tornadoes that have gone through down further south, but 
uh, still, you know, just uh, hitting a couple of gusts that are hurricane strength or better is uh, pretty intense, with especially as, as damp and moist as the ground is. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of trees that were lost and so forth, especially the surface roots, uh, you know, like pines and things like that. Uh, they, they take a toll when we have the winds up here like this. Yeah, in fact, just down the road from us, um, between where I live and on our way to church, uh, there was a, a big willow that uh, went over and went right toward the street. Uh, the Some of the branches were just just out in the street, not enough to block traffic. Um, and the smaller branches just, just kind of hanging uh, on the power lines, and thankfully they were not knocked down. But that's a big tree, a big one that's uh, that's fallen over. All right, Matt, you're on. Any any weather up your way? <laughs> yeah, we've had uh, pretty strong winds here, too. It uh, didn't rain really at all here today, but yesterday was real, real uh, bad rain coming down. But uh, as I was saying before, uh, I've had a, at least two to three patients today talk about how the weather's been so bad, especially down south and other places in the country. And uh, one patient even went so far to say it makes you wonder what's going on in the world and uh so just uh you know i wish i could witness to her that's that's pretty much the only thing i could think of when she said that but hmm. you should put down the weather map at this time and say we've got a low front moving in over here and the, the bible says though guess <laughs> <laughs> they don't let you do that do they no <clears throat> say it to the wrong person i'm out of there in two seconds so all right <clears throat> So, yeah, and I know that anyone that might be tuning in, I know we do have some listeners that uh, tune in from down south, you know. I know my friend of mine lives in Tuscaloosa. They had some some pretty bad weather there, too, as well, and uh, quite a few fatalities, actually. Yeah. So, you never quite quite know what the next day will bring, what tomorrow will bring, right? Amen. That's right. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. It's a scripture on yeah, it. Amen. Amen. So you need to get right with God. Don't put it off. Do it now. That's right. So, this is a little different from being able to see everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll have a few clips, uh, at least some some images that you can see what we're seeing here, just the static images. And then, as I said, next week we'll or next time we get together and record this podcast, we hopefully will have a video feed that you'll be able to check out as well if in case you're interested. I know that some of you don't listen at your computer, so it's not going to do you much good as far as being able to do that. But uh, for those that are curious and uh, as, you know, want to take, uh, take your life in your own hands <laughs> and uh, take a look, you certainly, hopefully we can do that for you. So uh, taking our lives into our hands because we have to be on our best behavior, and that's really hard for me to do. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a, a lesson tonight that might help you with that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I could use it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be getting to the lesson in just a second, but before we do that, um, we're just going to do this uh, short message. Do angels really have wings? How does the Bible describe angels? Prepare yourself for the shocking truth as we reveal the mystery in episode 6. 
Do angels have wings? Only on fastsinthebible.com. And you know, I know that's on the header of our uh, website, but surprisingly, you would. Uh, and I haven't checked lately to see how many how many uh, hits and, and downloads that one has continued to garner. But I know that has generated some interest in folks. Um, there seems to be a natural or unnatural interest in in angels and all things associated with that. I mean, did you ever see a lot of the folks have those little angel pins and yeah, wear those things? Steve, are we you were interested? even. I was going to ask Steve, are you interested <laughs> in angels, Steve? Uh, only in the Bible. Yeah, amen. <laughs> what are you going to say, Matt? We were talking about that actually today again. Um, one of my uh, coworkers were talking about, we were trying to figure out what to get my niece for uh, my wedding and uh, just a kind of a gift to give her. And she was showing me some stuff that had angels on it, you know, with the wings and everything. And I said, yeah, I don't think so. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's because you don't believe they have wings, right? And I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's just, uh, it's pretty funny. But yeah. uh, but it's cool, you know, it's it's kind of going off the subject a little bit, but it's, it's just neat seeing, especially now that I'm getting married and all the, um, you know, all the people at work just don't understand that, you know, Jennifer and I don't live together and, and uh, you know, all the things that go along with that. And they just can't. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but they can't they can't get over that fact you know and and uh, so it does it gives me a real good opportunity to be able to witness to them and you know tell them what the bible says and things like that Man. so and what do you tell them about the reception yeah i tell them that the reception is going to be no dancing there's going to be no alcohol and they're like what <laughs> they, they just can't believe how boring, it. How boring! Yeah, they're like, "What are you gonna? What are you gonna do? <laughs> what do you do? We're talking." So, uh, yeah, I'm like, we're actually gonna be able to hear each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they cannot imagine having fun without uh, alcohol. Yeah. yeah cannot imagine sure. it. Everything they do outside of work, you know, if if everybody's gonna go out, you know, just for a little while to go eat, they always have to have alcohol associated with it. So I never go with them. But uh, they always, you know, they don't ask me anymore, but they used to. The first couple of years I was there, why aren't you uh, coming out with us? You know, why don't you want to hang out with us? And I said, if we can go out with uh, without everybody going to, uh, you know, bar or restaurant and bar where everybody gets alcohol, then I'll go. And they never took me up on that I was, offer. I was going to ask, how many times does that happen now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So, well. Steve, weren't you uh, sending me, or did you already send it, and I missed it, the uh, the video clip from your last... Uh, I haven't got to you yet. Um, okay. Just some things have uh, I understand. interrupted. I thought I might have missed it. No, I'll get it to you. And if you can't, I know that uh, we talked, I guess, off-air last time about there's a website you can send that, but the clip's too big to email or something. That's what right. I'm going to try to do, so okay. that's what I'm working on. So, uh, I guess we'll have a special edition of uh, That's in the Bible from uh, June 18th, the, uh, the wedding site. <laughs> yeah, we'll all be there. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, there we go. I'll bring At the video you camera. you guys are invited. <laughs> Do we need to come early for that? I think uh, we'll stay late. I'm sure we could probably, well, <laughs> you don't I'll want be to be a nervous wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should what get some real good. You don't have to do anything but say I do. Yeah, I'm going to have to photos. repeat that for you, though. That's going to be a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're going right. to make me say. 
<laughs> I've got a whole list. <laughs> Don't know what you're going to make me say. <laughs> Include something about how he treats the father-in-law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially on the podcast. <laughs> Comparing gifts, I think, is what he said. Yeah. We'll have to make sure you, that you bring your camera Eric, and get some good shots for the website here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm bringing a video camera for that as well. Mm-hmm. The special wedding edition of That's in the Bible. And it's all because of that's in the Bible. Yeah, that's right. How do you like that? But Steve laughed, actually, the first time that uh, it was you, Dad, right, that was talking to him and <laughs> said, yeah, Matt said something about your daughter, Jennifer, and you just started laughing like un- unstoppable, <laughs> is what I heard. You're like, no. <laughs> right? Uh, my memory is vague there. <laughs> yeah. He has no recollection of that incident. <laughs> So then I stopped asking about that situation for for a couple months. It seemed to work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we'll do we'll do a special edition of that's in the Bible from the uh, the wedding ceremony. Maybe we can put together a little packet or something, huh? That's. <laughs> Well, I just think of the merchandise that people are making off of the uh, the wedding that's happening over in England that's here right. tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you that's said tomorrow. that, I, my mind just went, mm-hmm. yes, it is. Uh, so uh, my mind just went to, uh, thought you were talking about merchandising our uh, the, the wedding for That's in the Bible listeners. I'm still wondering where we're going. We don't do that kind of stuff, remember? We're going to have the That's in the Bible mugs and t-shirts. So. <laughs> and we need the bumper stickers. Bumper stickers. They'll be absolutely free for a donation of 1995. That's right. Love offering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this should be gift offer feet. number one. <laughs> and yeah. we will pray for you. <laughs> Put your hand on the computer. <laughs> and if you get Skype video chat, it can make it real realistic. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you Steve's handkerchief. Oh. Wash preferably. Surprise, surprise. surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Steve's kind of frozen there, frozen in time here. Mm-hmm. There he is. That's his good side. <laughs> I only have one good step out of it, Steve. Oh, this is just way too much fun. <laughs> so, Pastor Strobel, you're not going to leave the video feed on for the uh, when you do the episode, the lesson today. Nah, let's, I, th- I think I'll bow out of the video just so that I. Uh, You'd be able to see Steve's other nature, though. I don't. <laughs> well, as I said, I'm I'm working off notes from my computer, so I won't nice. be able to see it anyway. But. Uh, in the middle of the message, I just don't want to be thinking about, these guys are watching me. <laughs> Get distracted. And I start going, because though Eric can edit that out, somehow I don't yeah, he think he would. edit it out. Excuse me, Steve? Well. Excuse me? <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous. That was not the right time to say anything, oh. Steve. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Only under duress, you. <laughs> I, you know, I did not delete it. I have edited it for, for broadcast, but it's not deleted. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm oh saying. <laughs> this brings up another interesting aspect we've discussed about. That's in the Bible, and that is having um, kind of like an insider's 
uh, club. Yeah. <laughs> Where you can get uh, outtakes. The outtakes. All the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. And with the video ones, those are going to be even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, let's let's get back to where we're here. So, well, let's see. We're um, 16, oh, 16 almost 17 minutes into the uh, podcast. So, why don't we go ahead and do uh, the two natures on our 50th broadcast? Who knew? Almost as old as you are. <laughs> almost. Almost as old as Steve. <laughs> <laughs> older there we go all right that tells me that pastor strobel's ready so let me try it i'm actually freezing up a little bit here and all right well sometimes we have some technical difficulties on skype not often really for the amount of times that we've recorded this podcast but anyway pastor strobel i guess uh i can see your image there on the uh on the video Skype call now, so that tells me that you're going to be ready for episode 50, The Two Natures. So let's go ahead and begin. Amen. Well, it's a blessing to be with you here for this uh, 50th episode, which is uh, a milestone for uh, That's in the Bible. And uh, I have not been here for all 50 of the episodes, and uh, that that kind of figures into the topic that I'm dealing with, uh, in a manner of speaking. Uh, I originally thought to talk about uh, eternal security uh, tonight, and then I was just scanning through to see what previously had been done, and uh, noticed that um, one of the episodes, uh, episode number 18, had to do with Can We Lose Our Salvation?, and scanning through the notes, I saw um, uh, a good amount of the same ground that I would covered, would have covered, had been covered there. And so I picked up, um, felt really impressed with the Lord to do the the uh, the two natures. And then as we were talking beforehand, um, we discovered that some of that actually might have been covered um, in episode number 19, right after Can We Lose Our Salvation? And are Christians really nuts? Uh, both of those episodes were before my uh, time on that's in the Bible, even though uh, I noticed there is a, an episode inserted that um, was actually taken from uh, Sunday school that uh, right at our church that was put on episode number 10, uh, what does the Bible say about Easter? So though I was there for that one, I uh, it was actually kind of um, a live broadcast, if you will, from uh, from church. So anyway, any, any overlap that uh, we may uh, cover in this uh, study on the two natures is completely unintentional and um as brother steve said you know when when he does something he'll do he'll emphasize certain things and 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 i'll do something maybe emphasize a little bit different things so uh generally speaking no two preachers will will preach the same subject the exact same way so i trust there'll be something here that um uh, you can learn from and and that'll be a help to you with the lord's help and i'd like to uh invoke the lord's help right now by uh starting out with a word of prayer Father, I do thank you tonight, Lord, for uh, just uh, putting this thought about having this podcast in um, in Eric's mind and uh, Brother Steve's mind and, and uh, having Matt uh, be a part of it and all the other people that have participated in it. And thank you for the opportunity for myself to be a part of it as well. And tonight, as we uh, look into the book, the Word of God, I pray that you would give light and understanding to all those that tune in. In Jesus' name, amen. 
One of the great keys to understanding both yourself and others, as well as key parts of the New Testament, is an understanding of the doctrine of the two natures. And so uh, tonight we're going to take up a study on that very subject. And uh, let me talk to you first about, uh, number one, the natural man. The term natural man is introduced in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, which says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man it talks about. Now, this verse shows us that the natural man is an unsaved man. Uh, He's never been born again. He does not receive the things of the Spirit of God and their foolishness to him, it says in the verse. Uh, What this is, is man in his natural condition, by nature, his natural condition. By nature, man is a sinner. By nature, his ways are contrary to God. Uh, He is lost and he has a sin nature. This wasn't always so with mankind, at least not from the original creation when God created Adam and Eve, but Adam and Eve fell and Adam beget uh, beget children and those children inherited his sin nature. You see that back in Genesis chapter 5, if you look at it sometime, that Adam begat a son not in the image of God, but after his own image and after his own likeness. At that time that he begat uh, the children um, and, the, and his first son and those that followed, uh, Adam had already sinned. Adam had lost the image of God. So we're no longer created or born in the image of uh, God. We're born in the image of Adam. So we inherited, uh, every man has inherited this sin nature from uh, our earthly father. And our earthly father inherited it from his earthly father. (laughs) And so on and so on, all the way back to Adam. And you can see Romans 5 and verse 12 for more information about that. (laughs) Because of this, by nature, man is spiritually dead. Uh, He's not a child of God by nature. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verses 1, 2, and 3, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we're spiritually dead. That that was the condition of a man uh, prior to salvation. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Not the children of God, but the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." All right, that's man in his natural condition. That's the natural man. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14 uh, describes. This spiritually dead nature that a man has is attracted to the dead and sinful pleasures of the world. Uh, the dead and sinful pleasures of the flesh and the dead and sinful pleasures of the devil. That's what it said in verse 3, among whom also we all uh, had our conversation time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. The, the dead nature, the, this old spiritually dead nature is attracted to dead and sinful things. This old sinful nature is repulsed by the spiritual things of God. Now, all lost people, that is to say all unsaved people, all lost people have only a sinful nature. That is their nature. That's what they have. Uh, let, me, let me mention secondly, uh, the spiritual man. We have the natural man, and we have the spiritual man. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, we saw the natural man. The following verse, verse number 15, contrasts the natural man with he that is spiritual. If you'll look sometime in that verse, you'll see that phrase, he that is spiritual. <clears throat> when an individual is born again, he receives a spiritual nature. 
With this nature, uh, the child of God does receive the things of the Spirit of God, and he gains an appetite for spiritual things. Upon being saved, an individual becomes a partaker of this nature, which is also called the divine nature. Second Peter 1 and verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We're partakers being saved of the divine nature. Now again, according to Ephesians 2.1, this nature is alive. Note it again. And you hath he quickened who were dead. And the quickened is in contrast to dead, and it's used here as it's used elsewhere in the scriptures as references to something that's alive. And you hath he quickened. He, he made us alive, but we were dead. And you with he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So this divine nature, this new nature, is not a dead nature. It is a living nature. It is alive. It's spiritually alive. Note also in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Uh, when, when the Christian becomes a Christian, when he's saved, the Christian has passed from death unto life, according to John chapter 5, verse 24. And this, um, this passing from death unto life is also reflected in his new nature. The new nature desires spiritual things. It is led by the Spirit of God, Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It yearns for God, this new nature does, Romans eight fifteen. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There's something inside the Christian that cries out and yearns and longs for a relationship with his heavenly Father. This new nature, desiring spiritual things, uh, feeds on the Bible. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Just like a newborn baby desires uh, milk naturally from his mother that it might grow, so a newborn Christian naturally desires by his new nature the spiritual milk of the word that he might grow. If a, if a person is saved and doesn't have that natural desire, it's because uh, uh, something's getting in the way. And uh, we'll get to that type of thing um, later in the lesson. This new, this new spiritual nature also loves other Christians. 1 John uh, chapter 3 and verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So that's part of the new nature. It, it contains a love uh, for uh, other Christians. Now, this new nature also desires preaching. It desires to hear it. In the last days, the Bible said that um, instead of wanting preaching, the people are going to want teaching, and they're not going to endure sound doctrine, but heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Um, some preachers or pastors don't even like to be called preachers today. It's almost an insult to them. They'd rather be called pastor-teacher. Um, but but uh, the Bible got a lot to say about preaching, and this new nature desires preaching. This new nature doesn't say, oh, don't preach to me. No, that's the old nature. Uh, this new nature desires to go to church. This new nature desires to serve God. This new nature, this spiritual man, uh, is grieved by sin. It's the opposite of the nature of the unsaved man. It's the opposite of the natural man. The new nature is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, now, 
we've got the natural man. That's one nature. And then we've got the spiritual man. He that is spiritual, that's the second nature. And so we're going to put those together and now consider, number three, the two natures of the believer. The good news for the Christian is that when he gets saved, the Christian gets the new nature that we just examined, that new nature that desires spiritual things and is repulsed by sin, which which really is uh, an enemy to us. So that's the good news. The bad news is that he does not lose the old nature that he already had. Now, this is a Bible truth. This is a Bible doctrine. The fact of the matter is that when you're saved, you have two natures. You don't get rid of the one and gain the other. Uh, Not right away. One day it'll be gone. But uh, we'll talk about that more in a little while as well. The Christian then has two natures. He has two distinct personalities working in one individual. So every Christian is a bona fide schizophrenic. Maybe you've heard the little poem uh, about the schizophrenic. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm schizophrenic, and so am I. That's kind of uh, funny, but it uh, illustrates the truth. Uh, Anyway, he's got the old nature, this um, Christian does. Me, I'm a Christian. I I got an old nature, but I've also got a new nature. Every child of God has them both. They got the old nature and the new nature. And that poses some issues. Some issues that need to be understood and then properly dealt with. Anybody that says a Christian's old nature has been eradicated upon salvation. In other words, some people say, well, when you get saved, you don't have that old nature anymore. Or you can have a a work of grace, a second blessing or a second work of grace where God gets rid of that old nature. I only wish it were so. (laughs) But anybody that says a Christian's old nature has been eradicated upon salvation, he's only expounding on wishful thinking. Or, uh, if, if it's not that, then he's confusing our position in Christ or our future state with Christ uh, with our present condition. For our present condition is one of uh, having both of those natures. Now, positionally in Jesus Christ, I am sinless. But uh, practically down here on this earth, uh, I'm still stuck in this body of flesh, which is subjected to sin and, and, and still uh, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, feel it, prone to leave the God I love, as the songwriter said. My future state is that my old nature will be eradicated when I leave this body of flesh and I go up to glory. But right now, um, it's not so. So, uh, when we leave this life, then uh, we get to leave the old nature behind. Uh, another song from uh, one of the verses, I think the last verse of Sweet Hour of Prayer says, This robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. Uh, and that's when it will happen, at the rapture. But until then, the old nature uh, stays uh, with us, and it must be battled. Uh, or it happens at death when you shed this body, um, and then you can leave the old nature uh, in the dust. Now, consider this. If you are, are, are questioning perhaps this, uh, whether or not this is right, consider this. If the old nature has already been eradicated in the Christian, why would Paul bother to give his many instructions that he does telling the saints to do things like put off the old man and depart from iniquity. That's 2 Timothy 2.19. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Put off the old man. He told them in Colossians 3.9. Then he said in Ephesians 5.8, walk as children of light. What I'm getting at is this. If we as Christians had lost our old nature, well, we wouldn't have to be told that because we wouldn't have the capacity to commit sin. We would only do that which was right Without, need to, uh, without the need to be charged to, to do right. 
So those that teach that upon salvation, the old nature is eradicated, uh, they're either spiritually blinded or they're just willfully ignorant. Um, and this is going to be seen even more clearly as we consider the next, next aspect of our study, number four, which is this, the conflict. The conflict. Every Christian knows that he fights an internal battle between doing right and doing wrong. Any Christian who denies this is either lying or delusional. The Christian's classic struggle between his old nature and his new nature is illustrated for us in Romans chapter 7 in the life of the Apostle Paul. And in this passage, Paul laments that he is failing to do the things that he wants to do that are right, and instead he finds himself engaging in those sinful practices that he abhors and that are against what he himself preaches to others. Let me read you from Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Who said that? A born-again Christian. Why would he have said that if his old nature had been eradicated? He said, I am carnal, sold under sin. Paul had been saved by this time. God doesn't have an unsaved man here uh, writing uh, these epistles. Uh, this, is, um, this is Paul writing them, saved. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. That is, I'm doing things that I don't allow other people to do. For what I would, that's the things I want to do, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Now there's Paul's old nature. For to will is present with me. There's his new nature. To will is present with me. He's got the will to do right. Uh, Let me start verse 18 again. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. You know who's saying that? The man that's been touted as the greatest Christian in the New Testament. He got an old nature to deal with. He's got two natures, just like you and I have. He goes on in verse 19, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And that's the, that's the truth. If you're saved and been living, trying to live the Christian life for any amount of time, I, I trust that you know that. Uh, there's this law that, that works, and that is uh, when we want to do good, there's evil present with us. Paul said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. There's the problem. That's the flesh. I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? These are the two natures that uh, Paul's fighting with. And these two natures are in opposition to each other. Uh, This is further seen now, as we'll we'll look at it, in Romans chapter 8. I'll begin reading in verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. That's the old nature versus the new nature. For to be carnally minded, there's uh, there's the sinful nature, the natural man. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, there's he that is spiritual, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Galatians 5 verse 17 further elaborates on these opposing forces within the Christian when it says this, 
For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. There's a battle going inside, on inside a Christian, and it's between his two natures. Now, after uh, Galatians 5.17, down just a couple verses, uh, the Lord lays out the works of the flesh against the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the one is what the flesh produces, that's the natural man. The other is what the Spirit produces, and that's the spiritual man. Uh, these are the things that are in the conflicted Christian that may battle each other. Galatians 5.19 begins the list of the flesh. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifested. Or, I'm sorry, but now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And here's the list as it begins. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Uh, it's a low, in, in today's uh, language, people uh, say partying. We're going to party. And that's, that's the idea of revelings. And then, and then in case he hasn't listed your particular thing, he, he adds this uh, catch-all and says, and such like. In other words, you know the works of the flesh in your, in your life. If he didn't name it exactly there, you know, you know what they are. Uh, it could be smoking. It could be something else he didn't message, uh, didn't mention. Could be looking at things you shouldn't look at. It could be dirty jokes, and that that might be covered under some things in here, like lasciviousness. But if he didn't mention yours, he just says and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now I look at this list, and I myself have been saved for thirty-one years, and I know as a saved individual that my own flesh has sometimes battled with some of the things directly on that list, as well as uh, other things that are comprehended with those words and such like. So I, I know I'm saved by the grace of God, and uh, yet I know that I've got an old nature that is sometimes drawn away uh, after its own lust and enticed, and I've got to battle that thing. I've also been a pastor for over 23 years, and dealing with Christians regularly, I know that they sometimes themselves battle with things directly on that list, as well as the other things comprehended in the words and such like. So I'm, I'm just simply saying, being a Christian for many years and then dealing with other Christians, my, I know them fairly well, and I understand uh, from dealing with them, and, and in all the people I've dealt with, I've never met one that's been perfectly sinless. Matter of fact, um, I'm talking about even after they're saved. I'm not just talking about your life before Christ. I'm talking about even uh, after you've been saved. Uh, all flesh is as grass, and every man in his best state is altogether vanity. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to sin, but the fact is that um, uh, we're prone to. Now, in verse number 22, we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is, uh, again, pitted against the works of the flesh. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is what the new nature produces. The works of the flesh is what the old nature produces. And again, as you look at these things, every child of God will notice, uh, even when he is saved, uh, he will do battle trying to eliminate some of the works of the flesh from his life, and he'll struggle to see the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. And listen, you should understand 
that this is a normal Christian experience. Uh, don't let the, if you certainly know that you've been saved and you've got a testimony and you know you've repented of your sins and trusted Jesus Christ your Savior, don't let the devil beat you up uh, and make you think you've lost your salvation if you fall prey to temptation. Now, I don't believe that we ought to fall prey to temptation. But you know what the Bible said in 1 John chapter 2? I believe it's in verse 1. It said um, uh, something like this, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You see, the Lord's first uh, desire is that we don't sin. But if we do, we have an advocate. That's where Jesus comes in. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. And thank God that he does. Now, a key thing that accompanies this struggle, this normal struggle, this normal Christian experience, a key thing that accompanies this struggle is the fact that when the Christian fails and falls prey to this this temptation, uh, it bothers him. He's not happy about it. Whereas prior to salvation, it might have put a smile on his face when he sins. I saw a uh, t-shirt years and years ago that a guy was wearing that said, he who sins grins. Yeah, it may put a smile on your face for a little while, but after, after a bit, uh, you'll be miserable. And the fact of the matter is, uh, when, you, when you are saved and you do fall prey to temptation, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a grin even when you do commit that sin because uh, there's something inside you that um, is repulsed by it, and it bothers you. You remember um, Romans 7.24, Paul, uh, after, uh, when he was going through that struggle? Remember after identifying the battle between the two natures? Remember what he l- lamented? Uh, remember this exclamation? He said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Uh, that's because it bothered him. It, it, it troubled him. And if you can go on and on in sin and it never bothers you, you never get any conviction, it doesn't make you feel bad, um, then uh, there's a good chance that uh, you don't have both natures. Good chance all you got is the old one. And you need to call upon the name of the Lord and, and be saved and get that new nature. Now, I've already used some, some different designations uh, for these two natures, and let me just kind of lay them out for you. Uh, Paul himself uses a separate designation for each of these two natures in Galatians 5.17, which we mentioned already, which uh, uses um, the flesh for the, the uh, old man and the spirit for the, the new man. And again, let me just kind of lay them out for you uh, by, uh, by different designations uh, that are either found in the scriptures or based upon scriptures. And where they're found. So again, that's the flesh in Galatians 5.17 and the spirit, the same verse. Uh, the old nature is also referred to as Adam. And again, the old nature is everything that a lost man has, the only thing he's got. And it's also what a saved man has in addition to his new nature. So every, every one of us has this, this in us. And, and that's Adam uh, in Christ in 1 Corinthians 15.22. Adam, the old man, and Christ, the new man. There's the natural man that we saw in 1 Corinthians 2.14 and the spiritual man in 1 Corinthians 2.15. The old man, Ephesians 4.22 and Colossians 3.9. And the new man, Ephesians 4.24 and Colossians 3.10. And then uh, the old nature or the sin nature can be discovered in um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3 when we're by nature the children of wrath. And then there's the divine nature, Second Peter 1 and verse number 4. And so when we talk about those things, we, we, we kind of use them, the terms sometimes interchangeably, the flesh, uh, Adam, the natural man, the old man, old nature, sin nature for the, for the one, and then the spirit, Christ, uh, spiritual man, the new man, 
the new nature, divine nature, uh, for uh, what we've gained now being saved. Now, there's some interesting illustrations of the two natures. In, in, uh, they're found in some contrasting Old Testament pairs. And the first one I want to bring out is Cain and Abel. Now, the pertinent instruction regarding this Old Testament pair in this light actually comes from uh, the New Testament. 1 John 3, verse 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain's works were wicked, and thus Cain pictures the old nature. He was of that wicked one. Abel's works were righteous, and Abel pictures the new nature. So even though these were two people, I see a picture of the two natures that we have in one individual. Um, These things were contrary to the other, so much so, uh, they didn't get along so well, so much so that uh, Cain, in fact, uh, slays Abel. Even as your old man tries to supplant your new man, uh, locking him in mortal combat to see who gets to run your life. Cain was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And your old nature liked to slay your new nature. It's, they're contrary the one to the other, as it says in Galatians 5.17. Now, your old nature can't slay your new nature, but he can supplant it. And, um, uh, and cause you, uh, if you allow this to happen, uh, cause you to walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. Now, let me uh, give you another Old Testament pair, and we'll see it develop further. Uh, Isaac and Ishmael. Again, we'll find pertinent instruction regarding this in the New Testament. That'll give us some light. Galatians 4. Uh, I'll be reading from verses 22 through 24. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Now, this term after the flesh, which applies here to Ishmael, it shows up five times in Romans chapter 8, describing a Christian who was allowing his old nature to rule him. So that's the first thing that tips me off here in Galatians chapter 4 about Isaac and Ishmael. But he was a, who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory. For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which generated to bondage, which is Agar. Right? It's an allegory. And, of course, there is the, the main allegory about the law uh, then versus uh, the promise of, of grace. But additionally, I think uh, there's another allegory showing us uh, a picture, again, of the two natures. The one was born after the flesh, as we said, that be Ishmael. Now, the term applied here to Isaac is by promise. And this is a picture of the Christian. Galatians chapter 4, verse 28 says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. So we know that pictures the Christian, and we know after the flesh is applied to the uh, carnal Christian in Romans chapter 8. Uh, furthermore, the next verse modifies the reference to Isaac and the Christian, referring to them as being not just by promise, but born after the Spirit. Uh, let me read it to you in Galatians 4, verse 29. But as, he, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. And that's true. Uh, just within yourself, the, old, the two natures conflict and uh, they, they battle and they're contrary the one to the other. So within you, your own flesh, it tends to persecute your new man by giving him a hard time for trying to do right. And this is the same big epic battle that Paul fought and described in Romans chapter 7.
So what's a Christian to do about this? Well, we'll get into more of it later, but for now, let me uh, read you Galatians 4, verse 30. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Uh, Paul, in his uh, next epistle, said it this way, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man. You cast out the, the bondwoman, you, you subdue the old man, the old nature. It's not to be air with the free woman. Your flesh is going to die, but your, your new man is going to live forever. Paul said then again in Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which, is, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, uh, again, this, uh, this is the second illustration. Let me give you one more. The next illustration is another Old Testament pair, but uh, it's not uh, human beings this time. Rather, it's um, two birds. And this would be uh, Noah's raven and dove. Now, let me just say this before I give you this typology, that any typology examined in the Bible uh, will, will often, if not always, break down after a while. What I mean by that is um, if you follow all the particulars, uh, not everything's going to be a perfect type. For example, uh, Joseph, he's a type of Christ in many particulars. But as with any human type of Christ, and there are many in the scriptures, the type breaks down when we consider that they were sinners and Jesus Christ was sinless. Now, this doesn't invalidate the type, but it simply reminds us that it was indeed a type and not the actual thing. And so, while we may be hard-pressed to apply every last detail of Noah's raven and dove to the believer's two natures, there is nonetheless a type that jumps out at the Bible student as he looks at Genesis chapter 8, verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. First of all, verses 6 and 7. It came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. He sends out that raven, and that raven uh, doesn't come back. The raven pictures the flesh, man's sinful nature. As soon as it got the opportunity to leave the ark, which itself is a type of Christ, it left and uh, it never came back. And that's exactly what your flesh would like to do. It'd like to flee from the Lord and flee to the world. Notice in verse 7, the raven went to and fro. Uh, this is the way that the devil goes. You can see Job 1, verse 7, and Job 2, verse 2 for that. The old nature follows the devil. Now look at Genesis 8, verse 8. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. From the New Testament, we all know that the dove pictures the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can see Matthew 3, verse 16, and um, uh, other references in the other Gospels. Likewise, here the dove pictures the spirit against which the flesh lusts. That is the Christian's new nature. And you'll notice the dove leaves the ark, but finds no rest in the world, even as the Christian who walks in the spirit uh, finds happening to him. Finding no rest in the world, the dove returns to her rest in the ark. Uh, once again, uh, even as the psalmist uh, put it this way in Psalm 116, verse 7, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Do you remember in John chapter 6 and verse 66, a bunch of people quit following Jesus, and, and then Jesus turned to the 12 apostles and said, Will ye also go away? 
And do you remember what Peter's response was? He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You know what he's saying? He's saying there's nothing for us out in the world. We're like that dove. Noah said, uh, all right, go out there. You can, you can go now. He didn't find any rest in the world. And so he came back. But that raven, that old nature, uh, he just uh, hung out there in the world until finally he could find a place to land. Uh, but the Christian, for them, there's nothing out there in the world. Uh, we found the pearl of great price. We'll stay in the ark. <laughs> All right. Now, finally, we want to conclude by number five, talking about uh, the victory. We've seen that the Christian has two natures, and these natures are duking it out, each trying to subdue the other. And um, I-, I hope, in addition to seeing this, I hope you've also understood by, by the time we've got to this point in the study that the biggest problem we have is ourselves. Uh, the devil may tempt us, and he may try to influence us, but, but each of us has a free will, and ultimately we, we personally cast the deciding vote for ourselves as to which course of behavior we're going to follow, whether it's the flesh or the spirit. Uh, we are our biggest enemy. <clears throat> the biggest problem you've got is that person that looks back, to you, back at you when you look at uh, the mirror. Uh, it's kind of like the cartoon character Pogo said. He's kind of, kind of a play on words of uh, a military uh, quotation, but he said, we have met the enemy and he is us. And that's the truth. Now, having laid the conflict out, listen, don't, don't despair because there is victory for you if you'll take it. God gives us these truths in the Bible not as stumbling blocks, but that we might be aware of the pitfalls and conquer them. Romans 8, 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, you remember Paul's lamentation? We brought it up a couple times. Romans seven twenty four. Oh O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Listen to his answer in Romans seven twenty five. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Where was victory? It was in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. but thanks be the God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, think about it this way. Upon salvation, we're definitely saved and we've got eternal life, but there are some things that take place spiritually and that we're given that we won't fully realize until we get to heaven. Now, we're, we're not immersed in heaven yet. For example, upon salvation, you gain eternal life, but you're not going to experience fully all that eternal life entails until you get to heaven. So you can, even though that's true, right now, you can begin to enjoy that eternal life and you can live an abundant Christian life down here on this earth. Likewise, upon salvation, our old man dies and we receive a new nature. Though the old man dies, he still hangs around to trouble us. And we've established that fully in, uh, under the last point of the conflict. If you're saved, you will get the full bent of having your old nature, your old man completely eradicated when you get to heaven. You can even now, however, begin to enjoy victory over sin down here. By reckoning yourself dead to sin, you, can, you reckon your spiritual condition to be what it is, dead to sin and alive to God. Romans chapter 6 highlights this uh, greatly, beginning in verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also 
we, we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Okay? All that provided a background for what he's about to say now. Likewise, just like that. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let, us, uh, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. You've got to learn to say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. Listen, since our old man is dead, we should treat him as such. Uh, our old nature, it's dead. Then we need to treat that old nature just like that. That is, don't feed him and don't acknowledge him as being alive. Uh, we're talking about feeding him on sinful pleasures. Uh, too many times Christians live after the flesh when the flesh is just dead weight that you carry around after salvation. I'm not talking about not eating literal food and, and, and things like that. There's certain things that we, we need as human beings that aren't sinful. We're talking about the sinful aspect of the flesh. The Christian instead then should live after the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And that's what we're trying to do. To mortify the deeds of the body, to put him to death. It's death to the flesh and life to the Spirit. It's, it's uh, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's more about Jesus and less about me. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the way to victory. Galatians 5.25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. According to Romans 8.9, if you're, if you're saved, you are in the Spirit. Uh, it says, but, it, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if we live in the Spirit, if we're saved, we're to walk like we're saved. Let us also walk in the Spirit. So that's what he's telling you in Galatians 5.25. If you're, if you're uh, saved, then go ahead and, and live like it. And uh, that should go without saying. But uh, you've got to say today a lot of things that should go without saying because people seem to be ignorant of it. Or they need to be reminded. Now, um, your, your new nature, this new nature that you've got, uh, this new nature uh, cannot sin. It's uh, victorious uh, in, in, in respects. And um, that new nature, it, it can't sin. And so I want to show you in the Bible that your new nature is um, it's incapable of sinning. And, and I want to show you this in the scriptures and expound on this a little bit because I believe uh, this uh, will clear up an oft-mishandled portion of scripture. 1 John chapter 3 and verse, verse number 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, some people will use that to teach that, all right, if you're really saved, you're not going to sin. And the first place, I'd like to ask you if you've ever met anybody like that. And second place, let's take a look at yourself. Are you like that? 
If that's the case, there's not a saved person on the face of this earth. What's he telling us? The verse is true. What he's telling you is you got a new nature when you got saved. Whosoever is born of God, my old man hasn't been born of God. My new man has. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. It's your new nature. Your new nature has been born of God and it does not sin. That's why Paul said when he did sin after being saved, now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So my old nature may sin, my old man, but that's sin in my old nature, sin in my flesh. I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But my new man cannot sin, and it doesn't. Now back in 1 John, um, John had prefaced his statement of verse 9 with these words in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 6. He said, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Now abiding in him is more than just being saved. Uh, the one that abides in him doesn't sin, and the one that abides in him brings forth fruit in John chapter 15. Whosoever abideth him, to abide in him is to walk in the Spirit, as we saw before in Galatians 5.16 and in Galatians 5 verse 25. To abide in him is to walk in the Spirit and not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, to abide in him is, is walking as children of light in Ephesians 5 verse 8 that we mentioned before. So when a Christian does this, uh, he abides in Christ, and, we, and when we abide in him, we cannot sin. The trouble we have is maintaining our abiding. Now in 1 John 3, 8, the one that commits sin is of the devil, and this is the Christian's old man. Uh, and in 1 John 3, 9, the one that is born of God and doth not sin is your new man. And that's what he's showing you in 1 John chapter 3. He's showing you your, your two natures. Uh, after these verses, John launches into the comparison between Cain and Abel that we looked at earlier as a type of the two natures. All right, so here, you're, here you are, if you're saved. Uh, you got two natures. These natures are diametrically opposed to each other. How do you get victory? Let's make it real simple. Perhaps it's best illustrated by this little poem. Two forces beat within my breast. The one is cursed, the other is blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. If you'll starve your sinful nature, it will weaken. If you'll feed and exercise your spiritual nature, it'll become stronger. Then when it's time to do battle with temptation, your new man will be stronger than your old man, and he will defeat your old man. Galatians 5.17, which we mentioned before, shows this to be true. The two natures battle with each other. They're contrary the one to the other. See, it's not just they're contrary the one to the other so that your flesh keeps your, your uh, spirit from doing what it wants to do, but they're contrary to each other. It's not just the one. So that, so that not only is my flesh trying to keep my spirit from doing what, it's, what it wants to do, but my spirit's trying to battle against my flesh to keep it from doing what it wants to do. And when they go to battle and they go to fight, the one that's stronger is going to win the battle. If I feed my flesh and I starve my spirit, well, there's no doubt who's going to win. But if I'll, if I'll say no to temptation, if I'll feed on the Word of God, if I'll have a prayer life, if I'll go to church and get uh, fed from the Scriptures and study the Word of God, uh, then I'll get stronger, and then when times of temptation comes, I can have victory. If you find that you're losing the battle of temptation too often, then you're probably feeding the old man too much and not feeding the new man enough. Now listen, just remember this. You don't owe your old man anything your old nature. You don't owe him anything. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Now, in conclusion, the Christian then has two natures, two personalities to deal with. 
The old man is dead, and as a Christian, you're ultimately going to be separated from him, though he remains with you now. The new man is alive, and this uh, is the Christian's true man. This is who you are now in Christ. You are the new man. That's the real you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. The old man is dead. He's passed away. So reckon it to be so. Paul put it this way in Galatians 5.24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And then showing us both natures and how he managed uh, in this uh, life, uh, though he had them both, he said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me give it to you again in the light of our study. Galatians 2.20, I, that's the old man, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, that's the new man, live. Yet not I, the old man, but Christ, the new man, liveth in me. And the life which I, the new man, now live in the flesh, I, the new man, live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, having two natures may be a battle, but it's one that we can win if we'll follow the captain of our salvation. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Strobel. Amen. Matt. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, You can never have, you know, go through too many verses on that because we always struggle with that. You know, every day we're struggling with the flesh and uh, like Paul says, you reckon yourselves dead, you know, unto sin and you got to really crucify your, your flesh every day and die daily like Paul says. And there was a good illustration that I heard one time and uh, it was has to do with a man. And he was walking in a graveyard real late at night one one night. And uh, before he knew it, he had fallen into uh, this grave that had been dug. Uh, and it was six feet down. You know, of course, there was no body in it or anything. But he was he had fallen down in there. He couldn't get out. And he was there for hours. And it got colder and colder uh, as the night went on. And, uh, and then a young child, very young child, was walking into the graveyard, got away from his parents, and was just kind of walking through the graveyard. And from a distance, he heard some noise up ahead so as he got close to that grave he got to the edge of the grave and uh, when he got there he finally heard what it was and it was the uh, the man that was down in that grave and he said burr it's so cold burr i'm so cold and as the uh uh child came right up to the grave he said you know what's wrong mister what's wrong and he just kept saying i'm just so cold i'm just so cold and uh so the child you know of course said well silly why don't you just cover yourself back up again and bury yourself again and you'll get warm and uh and isn't that the truth i mean you know we we got to bury ourselves every single day you know of course not not literally but uh you know we got to reckon ourselves dead and and bury ourselves and you know we won't be cold spiritually we'll be uh i can guarantee you if you get buried in a grave like that six feet down you're gonna get pretty warm you're gonna get pretty hot in there and uh you know that's the one thing that we've got to do that's why all throughout the bible you see that you're you know they they said they sought god uh early and uh, I truly believe that that's the way you got to do it. You got to get up early, you got to pray, you got to read your Bible. And that's how you crucify your flesh, get it down. And uh, and then, uh, you know, you can get your flesh in six feet underground and uh, and you can start your day and and uh, hopefully live it for the Lord. Amen. Pastor Steve. Well, uh, 
I, I must confess that none of us are exempt from the internal struggle that Pastor Strobel talked about. And uh, it is a fight, and it goes on, and it will until the day we die or the Lord comes back. Uh, but one of the things that I found, it kind of companion, I guess, to a uh, passage to some of the things that Pastor Strobel was talking about is found in Colossians chapter 1, or 3, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3. In verse 1, it says, if you then be risen with Christ, if you're saved, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. In other words, seek spiritual things. Yeah. It says in verse 2, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Then it goes on in the rest of Colossians, and it pits the old man and the new man. It says, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And of course, it goes on and, and gives uh, many of those things that Pastor Strobel uh, talked about. And then verse 12, it says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and so forth and so on. And and one of the things that you can do, you know, is to set your affections on things above. You know, the sad thing is, is that many people have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and uh, they're not ready for the battle that is to face them. Uh, either they haven't been discipled, uh, or someone has done a poor job in discipling them and not letting them know what they're about to face. And oftentimes, I've heard this said in testimonies before, that uh, some people have lived worse <laughs> after they got saved than they did uh, before they were saved. And I, I mean that initially. I don't mean that for a lifelong uh, pursuit. But they found that, that the flesh gave them more trouble after than it did before. And, uh, you know, what that is is the devil trying to, to, to cast them down and to get them to quit and give up before they ever really get engaged in the battle. And that's really the problem, is that uh, a person that, that's trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, not prepared for what is a, they're about to face, uh, when they're faced with that conflict, first of all, they're going to doubt their salvation, which is a common thing thing. But secondly, they're going to shirk back and they're going to shy away from and not engage the battle that they have to fight. Because if they don't fight that battle, they will be a nominal Christian at best and maybe a secret disciple, uh, you know, <laughs> along the way that, that no one will ever know that they've trusted Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. The thing is, is to engage in the battle. Uh, you know, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We know how he's going to come at us. We've seen, and through this study, you've gotten a lot of information and a lot of valuable information that you can arm yourself with and help you to be able to, to, to deal with that struggle that you're going to face. There's none of us that are exempt. I mean, we're all going to fight that battle. But if you will just set your affections on things above, think on heavenly things, think on, on, on things that will please and honor God. I guess one of the thoughts that, that kind of carried me through, especially in my younger Christian life, and, and really does even to this day, 
is that what Jesus Christ did for me, uh, I could never, never pay that back. But I want to be guilty of trying to pay it back. And I don't mean that, that I have to uh, you know, do things in penance and so forth and so on. But I want to live for him in such a way that brings him glory and honor because of what he's done for me. And uh, by setting my affections on things above gives the flesh less of an opportunity to gain the victory. And therefore, the spirit gains the victory and not the flesh. So a good study, Pastor Strobel, and it, uh, you, you, you hit it on the head and gave a lot of scripture that uh, probably more than people will be able to comprehend at a single sitting. And I would recommend going back and listening to it time and time again uh, just to get all the, the valuable information that's there. Amen. We'll also have it up on these show notes, too, so you'll be able to pick up a lot of uh, uh, what was said that tonight. So if you didn't catch it as you're listening through it, um, you can always copy and paste those show notes and save those for later. So those are always helpful. And, and I'm always, you know, when talking about this, the two natures, I'm always reminded of, come thou fount of every blessing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. I don't really like singing those <laughs> those lines when, when we sing those, but it's, you know, it's true for me. Yeah, man. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, you wonder how that can be. How, how can I be prone to do that? But it's because of those two natures that Pastor was talking about tonight. You know? Mm-hmm. You, be getting saved and becoming a Christian is just the beginning. It's not the, mm-hmm. it's not you've arrived and everything's easy from here on out. It's certainly much, much a better situation than if you uh, don't accept Christ, you know. Amen, amen. But, so, and, and uh, but really, thanks again. I also, I just wanted to mention this being the 50th show that we've put together of our podcast. I wanted to thank the, these three gentlemen here that are, that have been with us pretty much from the beginning. Actually, um, three that have been an encouragement in my Christian walk and Brother Steve who discipled me from the beginning and Pastor Strobel who um, was my pastor in Lockport there and uh, Matt who continues to encourage me to my son so Come on. 50th show when we first started I know, you know I'm thinking that we were lucky to get through the first <laughs> <laughs> and if you go back and listen to that first one you'll you'll see what we mean the first, yeah. the first one was like we had a pretty we had a pretty scripted out because we didn't know you know starting from scratch what should it look like what should it be like and and hopefully it's hopefully this podcast has at least been an encouragement and maybe even some some good Christian entertainment for you as well. So we lost Pastor Strobel. Do you think he signed out on purpose? <laughs> he had no, to go? I think he had, had uh, trouble like he had a, a little bit earlier. But uh, I, I, you know, it's not trying to scratch each other's backs, but I appreciate the opportunity. You know, many years ago when uh, I was back with uh, uh, Brother Eric, we talked about doing something that was uh, kind of the impetus of, of what this turned out to be. Technology Amen. just happened to advance things a lot further than uh, what we what we imagined, but uh, 
we had talked about having some sort of a program that uh, we could uh, do, and and uh, this has been greater than I had expected. And and, and there are some people, <laughs> I don't know why, but they like to listen. So we, we appreciate those that are listening and Bunch of put up with our <laughs> put up with our shenanigans and You're our talking about us now, and our uh, <laughs> yeah. crazy crazy sense of humor. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess the one thing that I want to say is, is that, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be real. Uh, you know, uh, I am, I am much like what you see me here. I have, you can ask Matt, uh, I have the same kind of humor. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love the Lord and I want to serve him and I don't always do it and it grieves me at times and, and, uh. But I want to serve him all the days of my life, and uh, this gives me another avenue, an opportunity to be able to do that. And so uh, I just appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity in the forum to be able to to uh, speak my heart and uh, to uh, let others catch it. You know, basically, my philosophy of discipleship is is telling what God's done for me and and uh, bearing my heart. And uh, letting people see what what Christianity is in the real world, and not uh, some pie in the sky type of uh, uh, philosophy. So, mm-hmm. praise God! Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, you can always give us some feedback. You can email us at that's in the Bible at gmail dot com, or give us a call. We actually have a, a voicemail line that you can call at seven one six five eight four one six one one. That's seven one six five eight four sixteen eleven. And uh, I don't think we've actually aired a, a call yet. So be the first. Be the first. Yeah. Steve will send you a gift if you do. <laughs> what what that will be we don't know <laughs> but uh, we'll work on that <laughs> yes and uh hopefully pastor stroll will be able to join us here in a minute if he doesn't he won't <laughs> are you trying to get him back yeah well he hasn't he's not on well, maybe he's trying to reboot the computer. Uh, reboot the computer again. Go ahead. I saw it going out. Say it, so. man. Go ahead. <laughs> you know you want to. No, don't you dare. I was, I was holding back. You'll you'll curse yourself, and you know you will. Your father's not afraid of it, but I know you are. Oh man! Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Oh, come on, Eric! Come on, Eric! Give me a scripture for that one. Come on, come on. But, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Ah, uh, you're taking that out of context. And I don't care if it's Mac <laughs> or PC. <laughs> he was going to boast about himself. Uh, he was just going to say he's well, well pleased with his machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his Apple. Uh, uh. All right, well. Matt's playing the piano for us. Times are here, filling men's hearts. Pastor Strobel, wherever you are, let you get that PC fired up again. Come back and join us. It's like those PC and Mac commercials. Yeah. <laughs> the PCs have 
PCs have trouble keeping up with these apples. We should get some money for this. We should. Mac company should uh, supply us with a new That's in the Bible uh, studio PC. Yeah. <laughs> get these two guys some PCs. Another iMac. Right, some Macs, yeah. Some iMacs. All right, so let's see. Um, who's up next? That's Steve. That's you, Steve, for the video version. Yeah, right. Get a pulpit, and you can uh, yeah. <laughs> get a suit and everything. I've got one. I made there one. There you go. See? There you go. Put that camera out a little bit further and get behind it. Get some spotlights. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some smoke, maybe smoke machine. Uh, my my uh, my cord from my microphone and headset wouldn't reach very far. We, we get a studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, fifty. Wonder what the next fifty will be like. <laughs> Lord willing. Probably crazier. <laughs> Video. <laughs> maybe the the next hundred will be holograms. All right, we're going to go ahead and sign out here, and uh, thanks again, guys. Amen. Lord willing, we'll see you all back for episode 51. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.